Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Andrew, how are you doing? I just ate like eight golden double stuffed Oreos, so I'm feeling pretty sweet right now. No pun intended. That sounds delightful. Yeah, it was. It was. So I know you're not doing as well as me because you didn't just eat what I just ate, but how are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not doing as well as you because I did not just eat all those double stuffed Oreos. I am experiencing the the stress that is the day before leaving on vacation. So I'm leaving with my family tomorrow for North Carolina. We're going to go visit my sister for a couple of days and then Friday shoot over to the Outer Banks for a week. And it is a much needed vacation, but unfortunately. Anytime you have a much a much needed vacation coming up, there is the much needed wrapping everything up before you go, and yeah. that's that's what my day has been. So I'm looking around my room right now, and it's just stuff everywhere that I need to pack that I haven't packed yet. Um, oh, that explains why this is the first time we've never done video. Even though we've not published every video, we've right. always at least seen one another. But this time, you were like, no. <laughs> Oh, well, that and just our computers tend to lag when we do video, so we just decided That's to remove that aspect of it. We have, I got new internet. We got new internet. So Ooh, that's exciting. I'm, I know. It's a new development. Um, that's very we're exciting. Gonna, we're going to hope that uh, that we don't have issues, but no promises. Uh, our podcast would not be our podcast without there being some sort of issue. So <laughs> we can cross our fingers, but... I don't know. It's very on brand for us if we stick with the technical difficulties we always have. Yeah, absolutely. So, Andrew, this is this is going to be an interesting conversation. You and I have actually had this plan for a while. We were supposed to record this exact episode maybe three weeks ago, and I felt deathly ill the day we were supposed to record with some sort of weird stomach flu. I don't think I've ever slept so long in my life. I think I slept 20 of 24 hours that day. So... Here I am on the day before we're going to leave vacation. We're going to record this conversation now. We usually, or at least really from the time Thomas came on till now, have usually had kind of a a pretty strict, not strict, but a guideline, an outline, something to follow. And we're not going to do that today. We're just kind of having a free-flowing conversation about the things we struggle with as runners. It's not uh, going to be any different to me. I never followed the outline anyways. This is true. That's true. Usually we were relying on, on me or Thomas to... Uh, oh, Thomas. Yeah. So Thomas from. had uh, posted on his Instagram story uh, some geese crossing the yes. street. And they and are the devil. That's they indicated. are the devil. Well, I, uh, I messaged him and I said, um, agreed, 100% agreed. And he said, about time we agreed on something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said... We agreed that Perez wasn't an all-star and that the tribe was horrible when they were. I guess we only agree on absolute facts that Adam, for some reason, disputes. (laughs) And then he says, Adam puts his hat in everything they do and then lets you know when the few things happen. (laughs) 
One is I agree that geese are the devil. Two, Perez was awful the first two months of the year, but his play was all-star worthy by the time the game rolled around. Didn't dispute that. Did and not dispute three, that. I just said he wasn't going to be an all-star. That's all it was. And you, like, you like, debated me on that. I I think he legitimately had a case to be an all-star. If there was a I third catcher. I didn't say he didn't. I just said he wasn't going to be. I was just looking at the facts. I, I couldn't bust out soft voice Adam from our baseball preview. Hey, soft voice Adam was really, really spot on on a lot of things, I'll point out. And all I said was when the tribe were terrible, they were terrible. I, I that's that, that was it. I was just stating facts. And you, they were. Like, try to hold it against me. All right, we're not a sports podcast at all we're anymore, not. so... Except for one weekend out of the year, which will yes. always remain. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk about, like, anxiety and running. And uh, this has been something I've thought a lot about lately. Uh, because I've been struggling with it big time. Okay. Uh, I, I've talked a little bit over the some of the episodes about how I, a couple years ago, began to get really dizzy. And... That happened a few weeks after the Cleveland Marathon, when it all began, and it went on for months. I ran through some of it. I tried to train th- for Columbus through some of it. Uh, my That Cleveland Marathon was not a great time for me. It was about 13 minutes slower than my PR. It was I wasn't trained perfectly for it, and it just... It wasn't meant to be that day, and, that, and that's fine. But I finished it, and I, and I still was very happy with my result. But as I, you know, began to get dizzy and fight through some things, since I ran that full marathon, I have not completed a distance of a half marathon comfortably once. Not even just an easy training run. And I have really, it has really killed me, this training. Really? And I don't have answers for it. So when we do this podcast, and especially one like today, uh, I, I... we don't have the answers for everything because we are far no. from experts. We offer advice that you know that on subjects that we that we read about, on topics we read about, and we you know do our best to you know give some of that information out, and you know hopefully it helps some people. It may not help everybody, but you know this is a topic that I can talk about, but I don't have answers for it. Right. I have run my, my training for this Columbus cycle was going awesome. Okay. It was just going so good. It was one of those, you know, the first four weeks or so, I just I couldn't wait for the next workout after I finished the previous one. Right. It, I just really felt in this groove. And then I started to hit like 12, 13.1, 14 mile long runs. And they were all so difficult. And I go back, especially to the one I had two or three weeks ago, which was supposed to be a half marathon distance. I couldn't run it. Like I literally hit points through the run where I just couldn't run anymore. And I have not run a good long distance in years. And it's kind of stressing me out. And because uh, I want to run a full marathon again, I want to get faster. I want to, you know, PR that distance. I ultimately want to get where I feel like I'm. I have a shooter's chance of getting a BQ. 
right now I'm going through a point where it's like I don't know if I can ever run a full marathon again, let yeah. alone PR one. And it makes it – so while my midweek runs have been awesome, it's making it more difficult to even get out for them because sure. it's like it's like what the hell am I working for? Yeah, like, that goal what am I going out to do? Yeah, like, the goal that goal set is just hard to reach now, it seems like. Yeah, and I'm not even – I don't even have like – you know, audacious time goals for Columbus. I basically want to go out and finish and I'd like to be around my PR. Right. That's kind of, and I felt that was a realistic goal, you know, with how like the, you know, 10 K distance and like eight and 10 mile runs were that I'd be putting in over the summer. I really thought that's a realistic goal. I can build up to that, but I hit over 10 miles and I'm done. And it and it starts fucking with me so bad. Even at like mile three or four, I'll be like, "Oh my god, like here we go again." Mm-hmm. I I'll feel it more at mile three and four of a fourteen mile run than I'm feeling it, you know, at mile five of a ten k or right. seven of an eight miler. Like it, it just, yeah, it's been crazy and it's been really difficult and it's been, you know, it's kind of it's got me beat down. Like this is probably the first time I've really felt like beat down like this through a training cycle and and it has affected my performance because i ha- now i've gotten where i've been you know missing workouts because it's like what the fuck it's it's kind of interesting you bringing that up because in in some in some ways i'm in a similar boat now i've talked about this the last few episodes we've done i i haven't run a mile now in I think it's been six weeks. It was the day after we interviewed Darius. He got me so charged up. I'm like, ah, I don't care how crappy I'm feeling. I'm going to go run. And I made it like two miles and the pain that I've been experiencing came back. And that was the last time I ran. So it's been about six weeks now. And um, there's a there's a saying that I really like and really find is true with me. And it's this idea that mood follows action. That, you know, sometimes people will kind of wait to be in the right mood to do something. And and really the reverse is true, that usually you just need to take action and your mood tends to follow it. And the problem is that when I'm robbed of feeling good running, and and since March, I don't really feel like I've run. Even when I was running in March and April and May, you know, through July, once I started dealing with the calf issues and then just the other various issues that I've dealt with, I no longer felt like I was running. I felt like I was managing and I run to, I mean, any runner knows you're going to deal with little, little niggling pains and, you know, those bouts of fatigue that come with training. But, you know, you can handle that when you're legitimately dealing with injuries or things that are going to keep you from running. You do get into that, you know, what you're talking about where you don't know now, like if your run is going to be possible to do, like what could go wrong during this run. And then, mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, I should have been rehabbing and doing things for the injury that I've got, the issue that I've got. And just because I was in such a bad mood, I was not taking any action to fix it. And I won't lie. Like it was kind of nice. I think mentally it was nice to just not worry about having to sacrifice time during my day to do something because I was so beat down for managing that I just didn't want to take that time. So uh, this summer has actually been nice in a way in that I feel a little mentally recharged and I've started consistently working out in the last two weeks and my body feels much more solid. My posture feels more solid. I don't feel that I'm back to where I want to be, right? but I feel more solid. But 
you know, I, I've been thinking a little bit. My my plan is when I get back from vacation, probably the day after Labor Day, uh, I want to lace up and go out and run three or four miles and just see where I'm at. And I have found in the last couple of days some anxiety about that because there's this, hey, you were managing for like four or five months, you spent your time managing and you didn't really enjoy it. And what happens if you go out and, you know, you deal with some pain somewhere that just kind of shows like you're not ready because now I've got to start thinking about trying to build up some mileage so that I can start a training program in January. Like I've got to start thinking about that. Right. And I want to give myself enough time to do that. So I've been having that anxiety and I keep coming back to, I, I checked out a book uh, that Ryan Hall wrote. I haven't gotten around to reading it yet, but just the title itself is, is illuminating. And the title is run the mile you're in. And I just keep telling myself, like, you know what? You want to run a marathon in the spring. That's a great goal to have, and hopefully I can do it. But I also just need to be willing to be realistic with myself. And if there's things that keep me from building up, like, all right, it might not happen in the spring. Like, I need to be okay with that. Well, you're not going to give up your Boston entry. No, I'm not. But, like, I also need to realize that, you know, I'm going to – I'm going to – register for Boston and see if my time from Columbus last year gets me in. I really don't think it's going to. I think with as significant as a drop as there was from the time two years ago to last year, I think if that significant drop happens again, that last year's time will get me in. But I I need to be realistic as well. Like, Let's say I do get into Boston and I register and let's just say I can't. My body just physically, for whatever reason, won't let me train kind of like what you're talking about and like i can't run over a certain amount of mileage like i need to be realistic about that and that would that would kill me imagine qualifying for boston and just not physically being able to run but you know andrew one of the things i find that i'm i'm looking forward to when i get back out is i do look forward to the training and and the grind and and that feeling of working towards something but man i just miss running i just miss just the joy of lacing up and going out and running five miles and an external goal like running, you know, running Boston is a great thing to have. But man, I really just want the, I want the consistency of being able to run again. And I think I'm kind of chasing that feeling right now more than I'm chasing getting back to a BQ. Because I think the BQ will eventually come once I can get back to it. But I just want that feeling of running again. So I just keep, I keep trying to remind myself to run the mile that I'm in. And right now the mile that I'm in is don't run yet. I, I debated taking my running shoes with me to North Carolina, and it's like, no, you know what? I'm feeling solid, but I haven't felt solid like this in a while, so give yourself a little more time as opposed to right. rushing it. So, I mean, maybe with you, it's just a matter of you're going to need a little bit longer, I guess, for your body to adjust. I, I, I absolutely know, though, exactly what you're talking about in terms of that frustration because it sucks to, to want to do it. Well, and I do I do think honestly a lot of it is when I look back at the long runs that I have tried to put in since I began uh battling this Meniere's disease a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I had Rock Hall half one day okay. where I went out. I wasn't greatly trained for it because I had only started really running consistently again a few weeks before when my uh physical therapist gave me the okay to run and told me do it because it makes you healthier. So I had that and it was extremely humid that day. 
it was the conditions were far from ideal for running. Right. Uh, and I went out and I, I, I was like, let's see what I got. You know, I knew that I was still, you know, a- able to run fast. I just tried to maybe do too much for the distance, the base that I had. Um, and then I ran, <laughs> I went to run the Akron full cause I, Again, I, I wanted to see – I wanted to go out and run 20 miles, and even if I had to walk the last 10K, I was going to be okay with that because ultimately I wanted to run Columbus that year. Right. Uh, but that was the year Akron – the high was like – the high for that day was like 94 degrees, and it was like 90 degrees by like 9 o'clock. And that's just – oh. Yeah. I, I remember I was at like mile four. I mean this was – we had talked about this a little bit, I think, uh, right after Cleveland this year, where Akron was, you know, sending – they were encouraging people to drop to the half. And if you listen yeah. to our interview with Brian Poland two weeks ago, you'll know he wants full marathoners. That, yeah. If that dude encourages you to run a half, you better freaking run the half because it's not safe to run the full. And I, I knew by, like, mile four or five, I was like, nah, screw this. Um, I, I even remember I was – we, I was at the half full split and I had my full bib on and uh, there was a staff member in the middle of the road trying to direct me to the full side and I looked at him and I just started laughing and I was nah. like, no way. <laughs> so he kind of laughed and pointed to the uh, half side of things. But, you know, so while I'm talking there about two races, the conditions are far from ideal. Uh, Cleveland this year. <laughs> yeah. Far from ideal. And then every other long run I've tried to put in has been over the last uh, four, five, six weeks. Far from ideal. I I know that, you know, there's the two parts. There's your head and there's your heart. (laughs) And and my head knows, like, dude, it's a lot of this is because it's hot. You haven't put in the distance over the last – few months let alone the last few years of this i mean i've I've battled finding my love for running again i finally got that back you know what six or eight months ago i got back to where i was running consistently and you know then we have this summer where i wouldn't say it's been an extreme summer as far as heat goes but from a running standpoint it has been you know we've consistently been upper 80s and that isn't running weather that's well, perfect for sitting outside and drinking a beer. And that's tough weather to really try to start upping your intensity. Right. Because when, when you don't have that base under you of, of longer mileage, you know, to try to make that happen in mid-80s weather where the heat index might reach into the 90s is just, that's tough. It's a tough kind of starting point for your body to, to be at. But the struggle that I've had is I can go out and run six or eight miles, no problem. And I can even like run it at low sevens and feel great. I mean, I'm sweaty as hell when I get back, but before I even hit that point on a long run where I'm going, dude, you can let yourself run like, you know, a minute and a half slower than you want to. And that's fine. You need to be Mm -hmm. taking easy. It's it, it. there's something that I have to work on in myself where those long runs, I can't run easy. No matter how easy I think the pace is, it just never feels easy. And 
I try. I try to make it easy, and I, and I run slow for me. And my splits reflect that. But I can't complete it. I, it's just been... It sucks. It sucks. I'm talking about it. I'm like, my gosh, this really blows. Yeah, um, it does. It and, does uh, have that motivation because I think the motivation to go after something big like that, like you don't always have it and you don't have to. That's fine. Right. We'll talk about some feedback we got from a friend of mine, one of our listeners who talked about some of the struggle she has. And one of the things she talked about was, you know, do I have to go out and PR every race? Are my goals too big? Like you don't always have to have those giant goals. And so right. it, it's okay to realize that motivation isn't always there. So when you have it's awful to physically yeah. – just not being able to bring it. So I think one thing I'm going to do to kind of try to tackle the anxiety of this training myself is I'm going to go back to the trainings I was following on my first few training plans. Okay. Uh, Because that's where I'm at. I'm faster than I was then. But from a mileage base and a basically experience base at this point because my experiences from the last two years have been awful. I, I'm, I'm a newbie again. And I, and I have to understand that. And I, I think I kind of went into this going, I, I am experienced in this. I've gone through it. I know what I'm capable of. And if I just, if I follow my training and I stick to it, I'll be fine. But no, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to, you know, I, I had my training plan at six days a week, with one of them being a easy, short shakeout run the day after the long run, so right. practically a day off. Uh, I mean, we're talking like three miles, nothing major at all. Uh, yeah. But, I, you know, so talk, I'm, I'm going down from that. I'm going back down to four days. <laughs> I just don't have the base to be at five or six days right now. Well, and, and I'm going to take some of that pressure off of myself. And I'm going to just do lower mileage throughout the week, too, and focus on the long runs and keeping them easy and slow. That's right. so what I did for my first three training cycles were that way for fulls. And one race was awful, but the other two were great. And they were fun, and I enjoyed the training, and I enjoyed everything that came with them. So. Right. You know, when I say lower mileage, I mean, focusing on, I mean, I run a lot of 10Ks anyways, but not focusing on any two-a-days or, you know, really any double-digit miles throughout the week. I'm just going to keep it low, fun, and easy and run what feels good and just focus on getting the runs in and the miles that I have written down in to help me get where I need to be. That's that's interesting because I wish I could remember which coach it was that tweeted this. If it was, I don't know if it was the Hansons or Mario Fraioli or Steve Magnus, but I think it was one of those three tweeted out about when people have breakthroughs, there's often this feeling of, ah, you know, this training got me to this point and I had a breakthrough. So clearly the the next logical step is to to kind of jack that up even more. And often the answer might be to actually take a little bit of a step back or stay doing what you were doing because yes, you've had a breakthrough and it might just be that you finally kind of nailed the right balance of training that made that breakthrough uh, possible. And, you know, I coming into this year, 
was running the Hansons program that I used last year, but I went from their beginner program, which is which is for people for most people would still be an experienced level program, and I decided to up it to you know their advanced program, and the changes weren't huge, but they were noticeable, and. I don't think those changes are why I got injured. I think it's it's kind of years of, of some bad postural habits that I've had that just finally caught up to me. But, you know, I find myself looking ahead to what I hope I'll be able to do next year, and I think I'm going to cut back to what I did last year because, you know, one of the big changes that was there with going from the beginner to the advanced program is essentially with the beginning program you had, I guess, maybe like a six-week period of kind of just kind of dipping your toe into the water almost like with training, like not super high mileage, really focused on just getting used to running six days a week, but not a lot of high mileage and not a lot of intensity. And then right around week seven, you started, you know, an 11 or 12 week upping the mileage, upping the intensity, you know, tempo runs, interval runs, really taking about 11 or 12 weeks to really get ready for the race. Well, with the, with the advanced program, that intensity started week two. So it was like adding on another four or five weeks of some high intensity running. Right. That's, that's a lot of time, you know, a month of that time. And uh, I I think it was Dathan Ritzenheim talking about some of the injuries he's had throughout his career. He said, you know, you don't want to be the fittest guy, not at the start line. And just kind of framing it that way kind of hit me over the head. And I thought, you know, that's really good. Like if you're able to run a, you know, 50 miles a week and, train well, train consistently, and get to the start line, that's a hell of a lot better than running maybe 60 miles a week and every other training cycle you're having to, you know, take three weeks off because of a little injury. Like, you're you're going to get more consistency over time with maybe the less mileage. Right. So that's, I mean, that's a really smart idea. And when you talk about people struggling, like, that's, you know, sometimes just go back to what's worked. What's yeah, worked is good. Absolutely. and. and for for a lot of us running, we might have performance goals, but I think a lot of people that you know we know and that might listen to us run just because they enjoy it. Keep doing the things you enjoy and keep yourself in a healthy state that you can do it. Right. Absolutely. I you know you were kind of talking about as we were kind of talking about lower mileage. Um, our friend uh, J- Jessica McCartney. I was mm-hmm. talking to her. Uh, few months back when I was starting to get back into this and you know I was kind of talking about what I needed to do what type of plan I needed to follow and she's run more marathons than you or I combined Mm -hmm. her PR is still from a a training cycle where she was actually injured during the training cycle I believe she was injured Okay. Uh, but she had to drastically drop her training plan down. She was doing shorter, faster runs throughout the week and then doing her long run, and that's her PR, and it still stands. Yeah. And and it was one of these, like, happenstances where it's like, oh, well, I guess, I guess this is what I have to do. If I want to get to the start line and have a chance to cross the finish, I guess I better do this. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, that is kind of where I'm at. That, that is where my, you know, head's kind of been, and that's why even today, coming home from work, I was like, I need to run when I get home. And then I was like, you know what? No. Tomorrow's my son's first day of school. I didn't have to pick him up from daycare today. My wife's home. I just want to get home at 520 
after work and hang out with them without having to lace up my shoes and go out. Like I'm yeah. going to have to do it at 7 o'clock tomorrow. I'm just going to go home and enjoy it because screw it. And yeah, I didn't run a lot while I was on this little staycation I was on the last few days. And it's okay. And I'm trying to remove some of the – I think that's one thing when we're, as we're talking about running anxiety. I think there are times where you have to do that for yourself. And it's yeah. completely okay. You're not going to lose anything from taking three or four or five days off in a row. It might be tough to get back into it. But sometimes you have to do that, even if you are in the middle of a massive training cycle. Well, I think, I think that comes down to, I, I talked about this a little earlier, you know, that I'm, I'm shifting a little bit my goals from an external goal of getting into Boston to more of a, an internal goal. External goals are great when everything's going well. You know, you're healthy, you're able to lace up, you're clicking off your runs the way that you want to. You know, like, I really enjoyed that last year. I was very fortunate last year to, to have one of those years where just everything was working well. And that's the problem with external goals, though. It, it's, there's nothing wrong with having goals and wanting to work towards them. But if that's all you have working for you, you're going to get into those, you know, you're going to get into a funk where, you know, you just said it's okay to take some of that time off. And it is, you know, we're not professionals. None of us are professionals. We're balancing right. our running schedules around jobs and family and kids and all those little other things that pop up. And if all you have is that external goal, if that's what's getting you out of bed every day, eventually you're going to hit a wall and then running's not going to be fun. Right. And if there's, I think, kind of not a saving grace, but if there's something I'm trying to take out of this year for myself, it's that I really just do miss the running. I miss the consistency. I've been hiking, you know, around the Metro Parks in the Calga Valley, and I've run enough of those areas now where I can, you know, remember certain runs that I've run in those areas. And I'm like, man, I just really look forward to being back here and having the experience of running around here again. And I am shifting a bit more. And it's, that's not going to diminish at all when I eventually do have that race that gets me into Boston. But at the same time, like it's making me appreciate running more and why I run and what it means to me. And it's, it's something worth remembering because you really do need to let yourself step back and be okay with these things. It's, it's fine to, you know, training is always about being on that edge. You know, you don't want to have too many excuses, especially when you've got really high goals set for yourself. But you've you've got to be willing to let yourself chill out and just say, no, it's okay today. I'm going to be with my son instead of lacing up my shoes. I'm going to play Madden because I want to. Yeah. This is the first time on vacation where, I don't know how many years it is now, but it's the first time on vacation where I'm not having to go down, like, deep into a training program, like, four to six weeks out from a major race. And my family's great and has been great about those times when I have because they, you know, they work around my schedule and just, you know, hey, you guys are going to go to the beach. I'm going to go run 10 miles and everybody's fine with it. We, we work around each other's schedules and it's great. But I'm not going to lie. I'm really looking forward to basically having Bloody Marys and margaritas running through my veins for a week and not oh, yeah caring not caring what i need to do for training i'm gonna keep doing my my strengthening because i really am starting to feel better and that's part of it but 
you know, my only goal is just get up and make sure I work out every morning for probably about 30 to 45 minutes, and then I'm good for the rest of the day. Man, there is nothing like going on vacation when you get that workout done, and you're yeah. like, oh, I can just fucking party now. Yep, I'm done. I'm good for the day. Yep. Oh, man, that's the best. Yeah. So one thing that you kind of talked about mm-hmm. uh, a little bit was, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of paraphrasing your thought because that's kind of what I was thinking about. But I, I guess just kind of being a, a slave to goals sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I think this is a fun conversation because it is all just, you know, what we're kind of feeling at the moment. But yeah. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's huge. Cause I think you do. Like I, I've talked a lot about 2016 Columbus where yeah. I, my, my only DNF, I, I finished the half, but it's my only DNF at any race, every other race that maybe I didn't run the whole thing. I still crossed the damn finish line. That one, I crossed the, the finish line 13.1 miles too soon. I was too focused on the goals like i forgot why the only reason i did that training cycle the only reason that i went to the start line that morning was because of my goals and nothing to do with enjoying running it had nothing to do with wanting to be healthier sure be i was healthier because of what i was doing but I do think that's where some of our anxiety as runners comes from is when we get too focused on that stuff. I had actually written on the wall of our basement where my treadmill is because our basement's not finished, so I can do whatever I want to the walls. Yeah. Uh, I had written BQ or bust, and I wrote 305 because that was my goal mm-hmm. going into that race was 305. And I felt it was attainable, and honestly it was, and I probably was in the shape to do it. But I wasn't in the shape mentally to do it because I wasn't enjoying it. There's a podcast um, with Julie Foudy, who was on the women's, the U.S. women's national team, part of that 1999 team that won the Women's World Cup. And she interviewed uh, Michaela Schifrin earlier this spring uh, Michaela Schifrin, who's a uh, U.S. ski team, probably like the face of U.S. skiing right now. And Michaela Schifrin said there is a difference between goals and expectations. And she brought up the example of, uh, I think she'd won like a, a string of races. And in winning that string of races, she was set up like if she won like one or two more, she was going to break a record or something. And it was all anybody was talking about. And it finally got to the point where she, she had an experience kind of like what you had, where she wasn't enjoying it. She actually didn't finish the race that was in question that would have like allowed her to break the record. And she said, you know, the experience taught her that, you know, you've got to, if, if all you're focusing on is those goals, you just tend to not enjoy it. It, it becomes all about that. And you're not doing the sport for just the pure love of it. You know, you talked about running and like being fitter and, and having all these other really great things that come with running. And she said, you know, so there's, so that's the difference between goals and expectations, like have high expectations for yourself, demand consistency out of yourself, 
you know, always be trying to push yourself a little bit more with that consistency. But if all you're living for are those goals, like you're just not going to achieve every goal. There's going to be, you you talked about Cleveland earlier this year. If I had been healthy and tried to BQ at Cleveland this year, it wouldn't have happened. The weather wasn't going to allow it. Should I have been disappointed if that would have been the case? No, that's just the way that it goes. So it's, you know, it's, I think, you know, when we're talking about some of the struggles, we'll, we'll talk about kind of more of the minute struggles, maybe just like kind of the everyday things that you deal with when you're in the middle of training. But I, I think having, I think having those high expectations for yourself are important, but being able to separate them from goals, because goals, those are external things that it's good to put yourself in a position to compete for them. But so many things go into you maybe not getting them. It can be weather. It can be just a nagging injury that happens. I I think my second Cleveland half marathon, I came down with a really bad stomach flu a few days before and just I was exhausted on race day. Plus, the weather was really hot that day. Uh, just things happen. Things happen that keep you from maybe getting yeah. there. And um, you need to be okay with that. You've got to be Absolutely. okay with that. Well, I, I love when people say things like, I never thought about expectations for goals until you just said it. Yeah, neither did I. I and it sort of blew my mind when she said that. And I thought like, yeah, like, I've just been here thinking about it the whole time. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, that is, you know, perfect for what I'm going through right now. Because I, I you know, I don't have lofty goals. Uh, but I, you no, know, you when do. I, when I set out for those, when I, did you say I do have lofty goals? Oh, you do. I mean, even if your goal for this specific cycle isn't lofty, I mean, considering what you've struggled with for a couple of years, finishing a marathon's a lofty goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't even know. I guess it's a goal. Yeah. I, uh, we could be splitting hairs there because I just want to finish a marathon. Right. And and I would like to do it in around my PR. I, I do if I ran out if I went out and ran a you know forty minutes slower, I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, sweet, I did it again. It would just feel good to run twenty six point two miles. Right. So I, I would I would say it's different, but I do think at the same time, I, I think the training that I have written and. I think was probably designed a little too much towards a lofty goal, even if that wasn't my, you know, intention and I have to get back to basics and I need to, you know, I think you, you need to set expectations for yourself, but at the same time, they need to be realistic. And I, and I think right now with what I came into mid July with, man, it's only been a month. Fuck. Um, I've cussed a lot tonight too. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna. I'm gonna put that e on the rated e. Yes, explicit. <laughs> it's kind of funny off topic. For everyone, I mean, <laughs> yes. My uh, my boss has a podcast, and it's like uh, yeah, it's him and one of his friends, and they're they try to do like these inspirational, like you know, like change your mindset type of podcast like how you tackle work and Mm -hmm. you know just day-to-day life like really like basically just grab life by the balls and uh like he great dude love him to death uh and i could use more money if you're listening uh but (laughs) he uh 
they actually rate they do cuss and it's actually rated E it for explicit and I just I noticed it one day and I just thought it was the funniest thing and I don't it's like dude you know it's optional right <laughs> yeah we just roll with it um but yeah I expectations versus goals I, I think that's just yeah that's huge and that's that's just kind of what I'm going to look at. I'm probably just going to throw my training plan out the window altogether and just, you know, focus on, hey, I expect that I'm going to go out and run four to five, four to five times a week. I'm not going to put a, it doesn't have to be one or the other, run what I want to run, but it, you know, I expect that I'll do that and focus on what that long distance is on the weekends. And that, that really just needs to be my focus for the next two months. And right. if I can do that, I can go out and I can, you know, I can accomplish the goal that is lofty in a sense. Cause I mean, there's, it's no small task to run a marathon. So yeah, no. that is, that is a lofty goal, but I don't have like lofty time goals for it. I guess that was kind of my intention. So I want to read, a message we got. We're gonna. I think we're gonna transition here just a little bit to kind of smaller struggles, kind of like everyday fitting training into regular life struggles. Um, when we originally were going to be recording this much earlier, uh, we had posted on Instagram just kind of a call for people to respond, like, "What are things you struggle with?" And my friend Marie Schmidt, shout out to you, Marie, um, responded to us. the The original post was, "We want to hear from. We want to hear from you. What do you struggle with? Do you have strategies to handle those struggles?" And she responded, "All of the above. I struggle with form, which then leads to injury. I struggle with the mental aspect of it. I struggle with eating the right foods so my runs are better. I struggle with fitting in long runs, working full time with two kids. I struggle with scheduling of races. Did I commit too early and now I can't do the race? Are my goals too big or too much? Should I slow them down?" Do I have to hit a PR every run? So many things, the, the list is endless. Uh, I feel like we've kind of hit the back end of what she was talking about, but some of the other things she talks about, you know, the mental aspect of it and, you know, things like eating right and fitting in runs around raising two kids. Her kids are young. She's got, I think, a two-year-old now, and I think Tommy is maybe five. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. I, so she's a friend of yours. Yeah, she and I worked it, together for a while. Is um, are her, is her kid's dad around? Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, I, like, I mean, it, it's okay. God damn it, man! I sound like an idiot. Um, I asked that simply to try to be able to relate to her in some. Oh respect. yeah, like obviously, because there's, there's a difference like, between. Being a single mom. Oh, and if she was a single mom, I couldn't say anything <laughs> at all. That was the reason I asked that, not for yeah. – and then I said – and that was the reason I said good. And then I got <laughs> – I kind of like flustered myself because I felt like when I said good, it was like, oh, good. Like, I don't know. Like I was talking crap about the dad if he had left or yeah. – I don't know. Like it was meant to be a sweet – it's kind of like when I told Steph Lesko she looks great for a mom of four on our uh, interview with her. If you remember when I did that. that oh, that I do. That I gave. Like, you look great for a mom. 
like I meant it with like the best intention possible. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Now, it was it was a harmless faux pas that offended no one. Um, but you know, we've talked about we've been talking about kind of bigger picture stuff, uh, you know, goals and 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 all that. But like, this is kind of more like the when things are going well and you're able to train, like how do you fit it all in sort of struggles. And it, it's just as relevant a topic because there's a lot of people, you know, we, we talked about how we're, we're always working around jobs and, and kids and family and, and all that. And so, you know, Andrew, what are, do you have strategies that you employ? Like when things are going well for you, you know, what do you do to make sure that you keep clicking away? get those runs and keep clicking away, doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Well, I, I'll, I'll hit the, um, the portion about kids, uh, running with kids. And I, I think the one thing that I do a lot is I lean on my wife big time. If it weren't for her, well, if it weren't for her, my son wouldn't be here, but, uh, biology, I, kids, it's biology. Yeah. Um, I don't think they teach sex ed much anymore. Probably not. Uh, but when <laughs> never, I was gonna go down. No, no, no. We're we're gonna skip the uh, biology lesson here. Yeah. Andy. Let's just keep uh, on going. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna focus on the on the goal here. The expectation is that I stay on track. Uh, so I I like I'll talk to my wife when I'm you know going over you know, my workouts for, you know, basically what training is going to look like. I mean, I, I go over it with her. I don't ask her permission, but, you know, I, I ask, you know, like, are, are you okay? Like, if I do this, are you okay taking on more responsibility with Hayes, with our son? Because I'm not around as much because I don't do great at waking up in the mornings and putting in my workouts before, I go to work, uh, especially when my drive was almost an hour to work every morning. I, it just wasn't something that I was interested in doing. So I, I leaned on my wife a lot for that help and that support, and I continue to do that. And you know what? She gets home from work at 7 every day, and I've been at home with our son for about an hour and a half. Uh, him and I, I do everything I can to, you know, have him ready where, you know, she doesn't have to do much, but, you know, she is my support and she allows me to do it. And I think, you know, if you, if you are married or you are, uh, close with your kids, uh, mother or father, I I think you can certainly, uh, you know, lean on them and just have open conversations with them about, you know what, I'm going to do this because it makes me a better person. And, I just, I need your help doing it. And are you, are you willing to, you know, help me become who I want to be? And I know there are, you know, we look at people, we brought up Jessica McCartney, uh, you know, her and Ryan uh, recently adopted Daniela, who is just D money as she's affectionately known. And they do so much. I mean, they do wake up early, but they do so much to support one another. Yeah. And I think whether your significant other runs or not, I, you you have to lean on that person. You just have to have a plan to help you get through it. And that's it's kind of what makes it special. It's 
it's what makes it fun when you do meet those goals or uh not, see now i feel like goal is a bad word uh, but when you do cross that finish line of the race that you're training for, it's one thing that makes it all the more special to, you know, hug the people who are with you and supported you. And that, you know, that's what we mean when I when I post things about my wife. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like she does. I haven't put our kid to bed in weeks because she's been doing it because I'm out running or I'm in the shower or I'm eating because I just got back from rent. Whatever it is, the timing doesn't work for me to put him to bed. Right. So she's been doing it every freaking night. And I. so I don't think there's anything wrong with leaning. Now, if the significant other is not in the picture, I can't offer you advice because I'm not on your level. But, um, yeah, when it comes to – when it comes to her – you know, her comment on that, that's, you know, that's what I got. I think it's just extremely important to do that and just be open and honest and, you know, look for those who are around you about, you know, this is what it means to me. I know something that, because I don't, I don't have to balance kids. And at the moment, I'm not balancing this significant other. Um, something that's always, it's been interesting to me when I train as I've advanced is kind of finding out like how I can incorporate more in. not like I'm trying to load things up, but how I can become more efficient. Um, I read a book. It's a book about habits and habit formation by an author named James clear. And he dropped a really, really profound piece of information. He said, you know, people talk about, we, we talk about goals. I'm going to use the word again. So people often talk about goals and he said, you don't raise to the level, you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems. And that that's kind of a prof- that, that was a profound thing for me to read. And and you kind of you didn't say it's a system, but you kind of hinted like you've got a support system that allows yeah. you to do certain things. And even though I don't have that, like I you know, think about my friend Marie, some of the things she was talking about, like making sure you eat the right foods, like there are things you can kind of design systemically to make sure that you do that. Um, you know, you were talking about how you, you tackled some, some cookies tonight. Uh, yeah. You know, one way you can design a system to make sure that you stick on your diet is, you know, don't go out and buy them. If you don't have those things in your cupboard all the time and you're, you know, you should binge every now and then there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a difference between binging, you know, maybe once a month and every time you go to the grocery store, you're buying a pack of, you know, pack or two of double stuffed Oreos. Um, But, you know, things like meal prep systems, like if you're worried about things like that, like, you know, take a take part of a day during the weekend and prep out your meals and, and cook. I love to do like one big day of cooking, like once every couple of weeks. And it's nice because I'll just I'll pop in some movies or when college football season is in full swing, like I'll devote part of a Saturday to like cooking three or four dishes and it's all healthy stuff and it's all laid right. out there for me. And that's one systemic thing you can do. Uh, when I was teaching, my big kind of transition moments was exactly when I walked through my door. There was a decision that had to be made right then. Do I flop on the couch and turn on the TV? and veg out, which is what I wanted to do, or did I immediately change into my running gear and go out and run? 
And a lot of times people like it's the transition moments that people struggle with. Like, let's face it, a day of work is, is stressful and it's tiring. And if you're not somebody who wants to get up early and run and I hate, I, I'm just not a morning runner. I need a solid like right. out before I'm really like awake and ready to go. So I'm just not a morning runner. You know, for me, when I was working a normal like nine to five schedule or teaching like a 730 to 230 schedule, my runs came later. And so I had to implement a system of that was going to help me make sure that I was going to get my run going. Because if I didn't, believe me, I was coming home sitting on that couch and two hours later I was getting up and I would have <laughs> lost the time. I mean, I was going to do that. So, I mean, I would do things like I would take my clothes with me to work because I worked uh, east of the Calga Valley. So I would change into my running gear and then on the way home, I would stop somewhere in the valley, get my run and then go home. So if I think it's one of those things like if you're struggling to find time to get things in or if you're struggling with diets, you know, systemically kind of think about where are those where are those things that pop up that kind of trip me? Is it yeah. having crappy food in the house? Well, get rid of the crappy food. Is, <laughs> right. it, is it those transition moments coming home from work? Well, what can you do to avoid that transition moment? So things like that help. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've uh... – done a lot of recently is there's a park a couple miles from my house so it's a short drive it's five or ten minutes okay no it's like five minutes um it's a you know just a it's the one i've talked about before where it's like a one mile 1.2 mile loop that i can extend almost to uh i've been going there a ton lately and one reason is I kind of relate it to going to the gym because I always thought going to the gym was easier than running from home okay. because the hardest part of running from home is uh, lacing up your shoes because you know you're going to go hit the pavement and start running. But there's something easier about lacing up your shoes and then getting in your car. And <laughs> so you get in your car and you drive. I drive this short distance to this park, and that part's easy. And once I get to the park, I'm – I'm pot committed at that point. Like I have to run. I don't have a choice, but I got this like easy part out of the way that got me committed to it. I don't know. It just mentally, it helps me out. And I don't know exactly why that is, but it is so much easier for me to take five or 10 minutes to drive somewhere and run than it is for me to just start running from my house. There's actually a really good reason for that. Uh, and, and James I'm so Clear, glad you said something because you're like, usually you give me like an uh-huh or something and you didn't give me that. And I was like, he thinks I'm a freaking idiot, right? No, now. not at all. And sometimes the uh-huh is you just made a good point and I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, <laughs> no, James Clear brings up a really good point about that. And he talks about how we have, we associate certain actions with certain places. So, yeah. you know, one of the things he talks about is like, if you... If you like say being on your phone is a really big issue as it is for a lot of people, he said, you know, one of the things you want to do is maybe like if you're the person that sleeps with their phone next to their bed and the first thing you do in the morning is like check it. And then the last thing you do before you go to bed is check it. Don't ever have your phone by your bed anymore because you don't want to associate being in bed with I'm on my phone. You know, so if you want to, if there's, if you want to be like more productive, say you like, say you want to write. So you want to write a blog and you're struggling to sit down and commit to it. 
pick a place in your house or your apartment and say, this is the place I'm going to write. And I'm going to write here and only here. So when you sit there, you associate, I'm doing this here with that. And I think when you talk about like, it's easier to go somewhere and run than it is to run out of your house. Like think about all the times you leave your house and you're doing something other than running versus if you drive to this place, you know, this part of the Metro parks, this part in the Calgary Valley, wherever, and you run like that becomes that habit. Yeah. I'm running from here. And you kind of mentally get into that. That's why like, I'll do a lot of my easy runs around where I live, but I tend to do my longer runs somewhere in the Metro parks or in the Valley, because it gives me that I almost kind of treat it like a pre-race sort of moment. Like I'm driving here. I know I've got a long haul plan for the day and I kind of mentally do the same things I would do before a race. And it, I feel like those runs go different for me because they're yeah. just kind of special moments of driving and, and mentally gearing myself up for that. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, but I think you and I are hitting this from kind of different angles because okay. you're, you're associating like leaving your house and going somewhere with like the productivity of running. I'm basically saying to me, it's like when I do that, it's no different than, you know, going to the grocery store or going to the, drive through to grab beer like that that's kind of where i'm coming from it's like it, it's just like i'm just heading out for to run an errand hmm. you know it's kind of how it becomes to me because it's lacing up your shoes when you're not getting ready to run out your driveway and go somewhere yeah and, and like you know run five miles away from home and five miles back that that's that can be the difficult part sometimes when it's like okay i'm gonna put my shoes on I'm going to get in the car and now I'm going to just, you know, instead of going to the grocery store for an hour, I'm going to this trail for an hour. It it just, it's kind of, it's different. It's just something, a a different feeling for me because I feel like getting out for a run sometimes is two different parts. You have to commit to the run when you put your shoes on and you get your running clothes on and then you commit to the run when you take your first steps. And I think sometimes when I'm able to separate those two, and I may be completely off my rocker on this, but when I'm able to separate those two steps and I'm able to just, because it's easy to put on your running clothes and your running shoes, because that's no physical effort whatsoever, but it's difficult to actually start running. But when I'm, when I separate the two, it's just sometimes a little bit easier. And maybe I'm away from home and I don't have, you know, the kid yelling at me, you know, Daddy, you going for a run? Which sometimes I love because he wants to go too. Mm-hmm. But I don't always – I don't have to deal with that when I'm getting in the car and I'm able to, you know, just go. I'm going to run my errand. I'm going to do my chore for the day because sometimes it does feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just – I'm going to get this done. And I don't know. It's just a little different. I kind of break the difficult piece – the difficult parts into two pieces because we all know once you get running, that's – it's all downhill from there a lot of times through training. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just a little thing that has helped me out a lot recently because I, I really haven't wanted to go. It's difficult when you leave for work at 7 o'clock and then you get home and you have to go pick up your kid from daycare and your wife doesn't get home till 7 o'clock and you're busy getting dinner ready, to, you know, getting the kid bathed making sure the kid does his chores, doing your own little chores in this like short window of time. It's like, my God, I don't want to, that's the last thing I want to do after a 12 hour day like that. And that's yeah. the last thing I want to do before a 12 hour day like that. So I don't, any little moment, any little way that I can find that, you know, this is something I get to do. I, 
honestly, I hope my wife isn't listening. Sometimes I want to go to the grocery store because it gets me away from the house. That makes sense, though. Everybody needs so, their own little bit of space every now and then. Right, so sometimes I think when I'm able to get in the car and I'm able to drive to a trail, it's kind of the same thing. It just gets me away from the house. I don't think that's a bad thing, says the single guy. <laughs> right. When yeah, I get well, when I get the hateful responses, we'll know that I'm wrong. Yeah, from your number neighbor. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Well, we should probably begin to wrap this up. We should, but it's been a productive discussion. You know, I wanted to read one thing that had, uh, it's short. I'm only going to read two sentences of this tweet. Uh, But it was when you were talking about, um, you know, eating healthy. I I think there's one thing that people maybe try to do too much, which is they try too hard to eat healthy. Brad Stolberg tweeted this, and he's uh, a co-author of, a few very good books, but one that you and I have referenced a few times, uh, The Passion Paradox. Uh, But he tweeted this a few weeks ago, and I loved it. And it's kind of, you know, when we've talked about diet, I think if you go back to some of ours, this kind of hits how I feel about it. But (laughs) I'm going to read two sentences of this that I think maybe will help. It was Marie, right? Yeah. Who got that from? Uh, That, you know, maybe help Marie. But he says... Move your body and don't eat crap, but don't diet either. Express your feelings, get help when you need it. That whole article was fantastic. It really was, but I think those sentences are just so freaking amazing. Now, I think that, but don't diet either, I I think if you have a clinical reason to diet, you, you should. And I so I don't think it's all bad. All dieting is bad, but I get his point. But just yeah, move your body. Don't eat crap. Marie's got the moving her body part. Yeah, because she's going out and doing what she can to run. And don't eat crap. Focus on eating wholesome foods. I, well, I think too often we miss that. Like we we forget. You know, sometimes you just need to make sure the quality of your food, the quality of the ingredients in your food is wholesome, not necessarily what's on the side of a box. Just making sure that, you know, even if you go out to eat, you know, where are you eating? You know, are you able to see the ingredients they're putting in your food? Because if you can't, it's probably not good. Right. That's why places like Chipotle and Blaze Pizza and these types of places are so popular now because we can actually see the food that we're picking. And you can see the ingredients that are going into it. Sure, it's all high in sodium, which is just awful for you. But apart from that, at least you know it's coming from largely pretty wholesome sources. No, and you're dead on it. And when he, if you read the larger article, when he talks about like, don't diet, he's talking about, um, he's talking about like, you know, the latest fad, like, you know, the big thing recently has been the keto diet. Yeah. When I was in college, the keto diet was basically the Atkins diet, just drop right. all your carbs. And like, they keep coming back under different names And what's great about that article and why those short sentences are so powerful is he he brings up that so much of what we're sold, and and you see this within running, so much of what we're sold is like the latest trend is often just the latest thing to try to sound trendy to get you to buy it or to get you to buy into it. And really, 
what ends up mattering is just sticking to very basic principles. And the reason that basic principles often aren't adhered to is that there's no trick to them. People want instant yeah. results, which you're not going to get, but you know, you just brought up eating wholesome food. Eating wholesome food has always been a good idea. There's no trick to it, and you're not going to drop tons of weight if you do it, but guess what? You're just going to be super healthy if you do it. Right. Um, you Maybe know, your body doesn't want you to lose weight. Like, and, 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 and that's that's kind of a thing. Like, you know, there's different body types, and there's different right. ways that we hold weight, and it just, you might not look like a swimsuit. That's okay. And, you know, it's just like with running. You know, remember the barefoot running craze that we went through, like, five five, six years ago, you know why that died out? Because no professional out there runs barefoot. They all wear shoes. And after people got through the actual trend and you started seeing research, it turned out, well, no, people who were running barefoot were still coming down with the same injuries. It was just a simple trend to sell shoes. So it's just, man, Brad Stahlberg is a guy that people just need to read in general. But it's it's just such great advice because it's simple. But you need to be okay with simple. And I think, yeah. and I think something we've kind of hit on throughout the night is that stick to simple, be okay with those times where you fall off the wagon a little bit and just get back on. I think ultimately you just have to, everything is trial and error too. Yes. And, and you have to, you have to find what works for you. Like you, you have followed Hanson's training method, which is going to be a much higher mileage plan than anything I've followed. And you followed mm-hmm. that um, through now two Boston qualifying times. Yeah. I, yeah, and I talked a, few, a little bit ago about how I followed, like, my PRs and our friend Jess McCartney, her, her PR is on lower plans, lower mileage plans that were, you know, topping out at four, six, eight miles during the week and then just a longer long run, which, you know, I know the the Hanses, a lot of Hanson's method uh, followers can't stand the thought of lower mileage throughout the week and higher mileage on the weekend. Uh, they, you know, that's kind of what Hanson's is absolutely against yeah. is that massive increase. But it works. It, it, it works. You know, it works for some people. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think to talk about anything in any type of absolute fact when it comes to running or it comes to dieting or any of that, uh, it's not – there's no there's no absolute truth. No. One of the few, there's, never mind. I was going to make a joke. Go ahead and say what you were going to say. Oh, I was going to say there's no absolute truth beyond just, you know, stick to basics. You know, Brad Stolberg yeah. is talking about basics there. And even there, like, he's not really saying there's a truth. Like, you know, go ahead and splurge on food every now and then. Just try to stick to basics and eat really good stuff. You know, mileage. Hanson's works for me. Right. I think if I tried the other method, I would probably end up injured. It worked for Jess. The basic is I'm using something that has been proven to work for me. She's using something that's been proven to work for her. There's no need to make it any more complicated than that. Yeah. And an absolute truth. Yeah. Roberto Perez did not make the All-Star team. Anyway. Anyway. Um so what are what are our plans going forward here cuz I'm going on vacation so you're not going to hear from me for a solid 2 weeks now. Yeah, so I'm going to have to figure something out cuz we can't go 2 weeks. Uh 
I'll make something happen. I think one one thing that uh, we had uh, started doing, and I, I or we we had talked about doing, and we may begin, uh, and we'd like to hear your feedback on this a little bit, listeners. Is just quick little, you know, here and there, five, ten minute little, little mini casts. Ooh, ooh, that was a, that was off the cuff mini cast. I like that though. From Adam and myself uh, to, you know, just give you something different, just little uninterrupted thoughts with us. Uh, you know, so that's something that maybe I'll, I'll do. I'll try to find somebody to maybe come on and do this with me uh, next week or the week after, and. Uh, because we, we can't go that long. But I do think after Labor Day week, we're going to get back into doing this weekly, right? Summer's officially over. Yeah, probably no weekly, more maybe like around. three times a month. Yeah. yeah. Give ourselves still a little bit of leeway, but yeah, probably about three times a month we'll be looking to knock this out and um, do some interviews and talk about some other topics. We'll, um, you know, I'm not running Columbus but we can do a Columbus Marathon preview because the course is exactly the same as it was last year. So just like we did with Cleveland, uh, we can do a Columbus Marathon preview and just kind of talk about some great places to check out on Columbus and things to look for on the course. Are you course. still going to go down since your co-host is going to be trying to run his first full in two and a half years? I do not know yet because now we're going to be bumping up to me. the wrong answer. The the answer is that I'm going to be bumping up to me, probably having to take a weekend off because I'm going to be moving right around that time. Um, so I've got to kind of look at my finances when it comes to requesting time off. Two weeks is a long time to have off in my world. Um, we'll see, though. Still the wrong answer. Yes, I know. I really would like to. Who is going to operate the Instagram story Maybe we I'm can... on... Course. Maybe we can pull our former producer out of retirement. I don't know. We'll see. I'm honestly like right now. I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll be we will be getting back to doing this a bit more regularly, three to four times a month, and um, got some different interview ideas that we've been not that we've really been talking about, but I put together another list of some different people that would be interesting for us to interview and just some topics for us to cover. So. Yes. And if you have missed us over the last two weeks since we did this, don't feel bad. I haven't real Adam and I haven't even really texted back and forth in the last two weeks. No, we really haven't. <laughs> I and that was one thing I realized today, like I was looking for our our text feed in my phone and Yeah. I, I got sick of scrolling. I had to hit new message and go to search <laughs> Adam Wheeler. And I was like, damn, it's been a long time. I mean, what was our last message before tonight? I'm going to go look right now. It see, probably uh, goes back to when we had Brian on. It was, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, the city of Akron had followed us. Yeah, it was right after it, that. It was, it was August yeah. 7th. I mean, so we're talking 12 days. Wow, we're terrible. But not only are we terrible podcast co-hosts, we're terrible friends. Don't feel too bad because i'm looking through just my texts in general and i just haven't been texting much it's just, it's been a it's just been kind of a stressful couple of weeks just a lot going oh, on for sure well yeah. i mean i was and i was on vacation for uh last few days of last week and the weekend and we went camping and stuff so obviously you know cell service was at a minimum and i'm with my family and i was trying to hang out with them 
So, but, um, so Adam, I had a lot of fun talking to you tonight without an outline. This was, it was nice just to kind of have a bit of a freewheeling discussion. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll be, uh, if you have any ideas for things that you would like us to talk about, because honestly, we've kind of run out of ideas. Nah, nah, we'll find uh, more ideas. But yeah, we would love sure. feedback. Uh, yeah, I mean, let us know. You, you know, you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, I'd say Twitter, but I don't even know if people know how to find us there, so I'll just uh, forget about that one. Twitter's not good for running. I've discovered I mean, it's all Instagram I, for running. I feel like we would be more successful with a fax number than we would be with our Twitter. <laughs> An AOL account. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on AIM. <laughs> Dude, AIM is dead, uh, or else we would, I would totally have a sweet away message for us. MySpace. <laughs> Rust Belt running MySpace page. Uh, that could be in the works. Uh, all right, but for realsies, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can you know let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, you can find us there, Rust Belt running. That's what we are on all of them. It's pretty easy. But Adam, any final thoughts for us tonight as we uh, as we close this out? Just the regular reminder that you can find us on major podcast apps, that if you have not given us a review, please do so. It's a really good way for people that aren't aware of us yet to, to discover us and get to enjoy our freewheeling discussions on the things we struggle with. And now, other yeah. than that, just everybody again, thanks for listening. We always appreciate the listens and the feedback we get from you folks. Yeah, absolutely, and we got we got a few more days to go this week, and then we have next week, and then it's Labor Day weekend. A three yeah. day weekend. I just got off five days vacation, and I'm like, my God, next Friday can't end soon enough. So, all right, well, Adam, I hope you have a lot of fun in the Outer Banks. Thank you. I will. I'm looking forward to it, and I Three, hope uh, I hope twelve Bloody Marys for me. Oh, so many Bloody. Marys and margaritas is going to be great. I hope training picks up a bit more for you, Andrew. I hope training goes well for you in the coming weeks. It will. I need you to do me a favor, though. I just asked for you to drink 12 Bloody Marys for me. I need yeah. you to share 12 Bloody Marys on our Instagram story. Can it be a combination of Bloody Marys and margaritas? Because it's going to be a combination of both. Gone for like two weeks. But I, I, I rotate. I do like margaritas, too. I rotate. I really, there's a really good canteen in the Outer Banks that has great margaritas, so it's going to be a combination. Yeah, well, I'm, I just, I would assume you're going to have more than 12 of each of them. Probably not 12 of each, because I don't want to get completely sloshed, but you will see 12 drinks posted. Are you only going to have, like, one drink a day? Well, I'm not going to be in the Outer Banks for 12 days. I'm only going to be Outer Banks for seven days. And as much as I do enjoy drinking on vacation, I don't enjoy hangovers on vacation, so I do tend to keep it a bit no, more that's why... Oh, You're such an amateur. That's why you no, have to, like... No, I, just... no. I, I, I drink to my... I drink to my oh. happiness level. That's what I do. The hard buzz by four o'clock, and then you just maintain... That's, we'll all it, that's all it is. I mean, we'll that's see. like, yeah. All right. Well, I, I do hope you, I know you'll have a blast. So I'm not going to say I hope you have a blast. I know you'll have a blast. So safe travels to you and your family. 
And to all you runners out there, stay safe and enjoy your miles, everybody. And stop recording.